Hi, welcome to the Berry Nation podcast, where we support the bariatric community with humor, humility, and honesty. I'm April. And I'm Jason. Today, we have the pleasure of introducing a new friend to our friends and followers. Hello, Kelsey. Hi. <laughs> we are Hello. so excited to talk to you. So this is kind of a roundabout way that we have been connected with you, but Jason, Sarah has been following Kelsey for quite some time, absolutely loves the support that she puts out in the bariatric community and it's on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, she has an amazing YouTube channel with uh, tons of followers on there. That's where she's kind of started. Uh, that's where she caught my wife's eye anyway. And Sarah's been watching her for months and months, and she'll always show me clips or show me videos and things, and be like, "You need to, you need to mess, you need to talk to her. Like, reach out to her, get her on the podcast." And I'm like, "We're trying, we're trying to get there." <laughs> and we eventually finally got everything to link up. So this has been a this has been months in the making, but we're super excited. Have you ever wished you had a dedicated bariatric buddy to help guide you along your weight loss journey? Well, guess what? You can find that person. Patient Partner connects pre-op bariatric patients to vetted post-op bariatric patients who help and encourage each other along the way. Patient Partner helps you feel more empowered, prepared, and supported through your surgery by connecting you to a community of recovered patients so you can move forward with confidence. Click the link in our Instagram bio to learn how you can take advantage of this free service. And if you don't follow us on Instagram, you are missing out. And follow Patient Partner at patient underscore partner. Kelsey, will you please take a few moments and introduce yourself to our friends and followers, like just the floors or anything that you would like to let them know about you, we would love, love to know. Sure, absolutely. Um, I am an Alabama native who had um, gastric sleeve surgery on February 5th, 2021. Um, as of today, I am down 115 pounds. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you so much. I think, you know, just looking at your journey at the beginning, you never look at yourself and be like, I'm going to lose 100 pounds. And boy, when, and my quality of life is just so much better than it was 10 months ago. Um, a little bit about me. I am a wife. I am a mother of a 13-year-old son who is growing up entirely too fast. Um, I am a YouTube content creator, um, and I've been in the medical field for about 15 years. Um, that's really all about me. I'm just, I'm cut and dry. What you see is what you get. I love life. I'm full of positivity. I like to put positive vibes in the world because I like getting them back, and that's really, <laughs> that's all about me. Well, and you, your, your YouTube channel exudes that positivity and that helpfulness. And what I was really uh, amazed at is, you know, your content is just so spot on, but it is so real. There is no, like, there's no fluff. There's no anything. It's just, this is, this has been my experience. And a lot of times it's in the moment, you know, like you're going live and you're, you're walking people through exactly what you're going through in that, in that very moment of your of time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's just a lot of, you know, nothing about bariatric surgery is easy. Nothing about it is fun. Well, let me take that back. There are fun parts, but it's not easy. And I think that a lot of times it's glamorized because it's, you know, becoming a bigger thing. Like people are like putting it out there now. And so it's like, oh, I'm going to have bariatric surgery. It's going to be great. It's going to be unicorns. It's going to be rainbows and just glitter. But it's not always like that. Um, and I like to be real because I want people to know, like, this is what you could face. Like, you know, every someone's situation is different. Um, but I think it's important to know that it is a struggle and it's a, it's a fight and you have to, you're fighting for your life. 
And I think that it's important that you understand that, or that people understand that when they're choosing weight loss surgery. Yeah. Jason, that's, that's something I hear you talk about often, right? That fight, yeah. like really choosing that fight every day. Yeah, well, I mean, choosing yourself, choosing your why over, you know, kind of what April says, choosing what you want most over what you want right now. Those fights come, they all, and you're right, they come on the daily and they're grizzlies. I mean, it's not just a, it's not a bear cub. It's a whole grizzly bear you got to fight off on the daily basis. And for people that, that do glamorize it, you just think, oh, it's going to be simple, cut and dry. I'm going to drop, you know, about a hundred pounds my first year and then just keep on going on to this magical life. And the, the problem with that is, is it creates this, this negativity that surrounds any kind of adversity. So the first time you hit any kind of bump on the road, if you have any type of complication, you're like, well, shit's not going to work for me. I failed. I did something wrong. I'm not a good bariatric patient. What have I done? And all of a sudden, because let's be honest, none of us talk, you know, good to ourselves anyway. Our, our self-talk is usually pretty awful. So the first thing we're going to do, we're going to point all the fingers at ourselves and go, what did you do wrong? Because everybody else you see is having this magical, you know, magical time. And all of a sudden, just like everything else you do, you've screwed this up too. And yeah. so without somebody to stand up and say, no, this is really what it looks like behind the lens of Instagram, behind the lens of Twitter, behind the lens of, you know, all the socials, once you really turn it around and say, hey, no, for real, like I, I had bariatric surgery, I am a success story, but it also came with this whole box of shit that I wasn't prepared for, but I deal with it every day because- yeah. You know, it's not a fail. You know, adversity doesn't automatically equal failure. You've got to find a way to be able to push through it and move to the other side before, you know, those successes can happen. Well, yep. and Jason, you, you totally brought up such a good point. And I would have never thought about this, but that is, that is truly one of the most important reasons to show it all, right? Is because if you think that it is this very smooth path, the moment you hit that first bump, you are instantly going to go back to that, probably that old mindset of, oh, I screwed this up, just like what you said. Yeah. I would have never in a million years thought about that, but that is so true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, 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 yeah, it's so hard for people because they just want something better and they just want, you know, they want what they see. And they're yeah. like, well, this person, you know, I, I saw them. They looked like me when they started. And now they look like this, you know, wonderful person. And they're having so much fun and their life is so much better. And it looks like it just all happened within the first six months of surgery and everything's great. Well, yeah. then you go along and you have your surgery and you may be one of those people that doesn't lose it as fast or you don't lose it in the same areas or you have excess skin where the other person might not have. And, you know, the wheels come off your wagon at that point. You're just like, well, what am I going to do now? Like, oh, God. This is the whole thing. It's all different. It's not what I signed up for. And April, like you had talked about it before too. Like you had buyer's remorse right, you know, soon after the, the surgery and you were trying to figure out what you did. But imagine if that lasted instead of lasting the first couple of weeks, imagine if that lasted the first few months. You know, that's that's a dark place to be in. Like, how do you how do you pull yourself out of that if all you see is the bright and shiny side of, of what people are showing. I'm just like dumbfounded because I never would have, this is why these conversations are so powerful. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Everything that he said, I completely just like, it resonates because it's so true. It's so true. Like, you know, 
when you go into it and you're thinking that it's going to be just this easy because I'm when I, before I had my surgery I was like I'm going to lose this weight and it's going to be easy and I'm going to look good and my body's going to be what I want it to be and then I get into it and I'm like okay I've already hit a stall and I'm four, four weeks out. What's going on? What have I done wrong? And it was just like, why me? Like, I'm going to be the one person in 5 million damn people that this fails for. And, you know, and it got to a point where I was relying on the scale to determine, you know, my eating patterns for a day. And that right there, that's a whole different like ball game, but just seriously, like, I wanted just to put out there how real this can be. It, it, it's serious. And if you're not prepared, it can really take you down. It can, you know, and, and we often say, uh, you know, sometimes there's just nothing you can do to really prepare yourself for what lies ahead, right? Because everybody's story and journey, you know, is very different. But if you are looking at other people's stories, you're listening and you're watching, when something similar happens to you, your brain can't go to the, oh, well, you screwed up. You're the only person in the world that has a stall at four months or, you know, four weeks. Yeah. When you see other people's stories, you know that, that it's not you necessarily, right? That this is just a part of, this is what change is and looks like yeah. and feels like. But if there are not people who are willing to share that story, then we're all alone on an island and yep. we're, we're not going to make it through. Yeah. Well, and I can tell you that pre-op, I had no idea stalls were a thing. I didn't know the timeline of them. I had no clue. And I know when I hit my first one and I'm, I'm freaking out too, I'm like, whoa, like what, what's happened here? Like, I guess I broke something. Something's not right. Something's <laughs> not adding up. And I didn't have anybody to talk to. I wasn't like, oh, let me reach out to this amazing community that exists or these people that have been out, of, you know, talking out of the woodwork because there just wasn't those people. Like it took me months to find somebody that looked like me on Instagram that even had the surgery. So I knew whether or not it would work. All I found were, you know, it's amazing that there's so many women out there that this has been so successful for, but that yeah. doesn't, that doesn't compute with me. If I look at, you know, somebody like you, Kelsey, or somebody like April, who's had the surgery, I'm like, dude, that's awesome. You guys are rocking it, but that doesn't mean it's going to work for me being six foot four weighing 468 pounds. Like, I don't know that that's going to work that way because our hormones are, there's so many differences between us and then as soon as I found somebody that did look like me, I'm trying to kind of follow closely to his deal because I'm like, it's all I got to look at. Like this, yeah. he's the, literally the only, only person that I can compare to. And you know, that it just, the, the information wasn't free flowing out there like it is now. And that's, you know, one of the biggest reasons that April and I, you know, did what we did, got together and started this was simply for, we didn't want anybody else to feel like we felt. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. It, I definitely agree. It, it takes a village, right? And community is treatment. Our One of our favorite experts, Laura Grabo, gave us that line, right? Obesity is a chronic disease that will require lifelong treatment and community is treatment. And Absolutely. this podcast, like all these things that we have going in the greater bariatric community are all here to support everyone. So other people can find the success that we have. Yeah, that's fantastic. Right? That's fantastic. Great. Oh, okay. This conversation is going to be straight fire. <laughs> I'm already like, oh, we got to have her back to talk about this and this and this. <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime. Anytime. Uh, oh, no, I, I normally do this. I digress. Our conversation today is going to focus on self-care. So if you are listening or you are watching this podcast in the month of January of 2022, then you know that our support focus this month is self-care. Uh, but 
self-care looks different for everyone and self-care can really differ culture to culture, right? Our self-care is cultural on a lot of different levels. So Kelsey, we're really excited today to learn more about what self-care is to you, what it looks like in your many different faceted roles. And then we're really excited to learn what self-care was like for you growing up in your culture, in, in your family, in, in your household. Uh, so if you're ready to dive in, I say we do it. Absolutely. Let's go ahead. <laughs> All right, my friend. So we always like to kind of start our conversation by getting on the same page so that we're all kind of using the same language. So the definition of self-care that we have been using this past month is self-care is the practice of taking action to preserve or improve one's own health. The reason that we like this definition is because it has that action, right? It's one thing to think about self-care. It's another thing to actually put it into action. And then if the things that we're doing are not preserving or improving our own health, that's not really self-care. So what do you currently do to practice self-care in your own life? Oh, wow. There's so many different things, but the most important thing to me when it comes, when I think about self-care and I think about how important it is to my life, I have to make sure that I am working on my energy, my space, my happiness. Um, and there's just so many different, I guess the most, I focus mainly on um, doing things that make me happy, taking a moment out of the day just to focus on me. As simple as walking around the mall, because I'm a, I'm a, I like to, to look at things. I'm a buyer. <laughs> I like to do stuff like that. So I'll go and I'll just look, or if it's just walking through the park, taking a moment to really hone in on myself to, to relieve stress or just to be like, hey, Kelsey, here's a moment for you to sit and breathe and just work through anything that you're going through. Um, and it's just really being alone with myself and my mind and my energy and working through whatever I'm going through. It's so important to take time for you. And this surgery has taught me that. And because prior to this, I didn't know how important self was. It was like a mystery. And so now I have to do things to take care of me because I spent so much time, you know, doing this for this person and this for that person and that for the, you know, and everyone else got everything from me. And then when it came to the end of the day, it was like, I had nothing left. There was nothing left for me to give myself. And so I had to start being a little selfish. So to me, self-care is being selfish. I mean, if that makes any sense. <laughs> it, it does. It, and really, you know, I think a lot of times in our society, the word selfish has a negative connotation to it, right? But yeah. selfish just means that you are looking out for your own needs equally to other people, sometimes more, right? But yeah. it's not necessarily a bad thing because as you said, if you give and give and give at the end of the day, there is nothing left for you. And I think for a lot of us in, in, in this community, we would arrive at this part of the day that you're talking about and we would have nothing left for ourselves. And the only thing that we could do was turn to whatever was comforting for us. And that was probably food. Food, food. Number one, ding, 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 ding. I mean, I would, that, that was the only thing that I would find comfort in, the only thing. And it just made it better temporarily. And I would binge. And it just, it, it never turned out well for me, never. It never fixed what the problem was, never. <laughs> so what inspired you to have bariatric surgery? 
Oh, I get this question a lot. Um, and number and, and my answer will always be life. Life and a and a a better quality of life. I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to be happy. I wanted to um, look at myself in the mirror, not only physically, but mentally, and be able to say, this is who I want to be. This is who I want to see. Um, I was tired of hurting. I was tired of fearing, you know, that I was going to die early. I was, you know, tired of having, you know, different medical problems that were related to my weight that I felt like I had no control over because I couldn't control my eating habits. And so when I began to research about bariatric surgery, I was like, you know what, this is it. I want to live. And so this, the, I guess, simply put life is my it was my reason. I wanted a better life. I wanted to be happy. I wanted to feel whole. And this surgery, it, it gave it to me. I feel whole. I feel illuminated fully on both sides. Like, you know, the easiest way I guess to explain is if you crack a door, you know, you see that little ray of light and you can only see the things that are in that beam of light. But when I had my surgery, it was like the door was opened and it was like the full illumination of myself. And I've been able to discover so many things about myself and I'm so thankful. So Simply put, life, <laughs> my life is why I chose the surgery. It's so interesting. That is such a beautiful way to describe the change that can occur after bariatric surgery. Jason and I, we, we often talk about how amazed we are at like this extra capacity that we found ourselves, right? Like all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, I have so much time or I have so much brain space. I have so much like, and you're just going like, I don't understand. And for me, it was realizing, oh my God, 90% of my brain's capacity used to be dedicated to food. Absolutely. And I was Absolutely. like, oh, it's like what you're talking about, right? Like only the little ray of light around that door was actually getting through because the rest of it was just absolutely clouded with, with food thoughts. And I know Jason, your reason was, is so similar to hers. And especially you guys are parents, you know, you have so, you have a lot of responsibility outside of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Being, being a, a parent and a grandparent now, you know, I've got a three and a five year old, three and a five year old granddaughters and looking into it, I'm like, well, I, I made it through seeing my, my kids all graduate and moved on from that stuff. So that was great. I'm like, but now I, I got to be around to, to see them get married and see the grandbabies graduate. So that's the next step in things. So looking into it, I'm like, you know, if I'm going to be around for that, I can't continue to just, you know, go as hard at the table as I used to. So I've got to figure out something, a way to, to make sure that I'm around for that. And, you know, just knowing how much of my, my kid's life that they lost out on having an active father and, and being able to move around and do stuff like I should have been able to do. Um, you know, th those were all reasons, you know, parts of my why as to, as to why I had the surgery as well. So it, uh, it, it not, not that being a parent is the only reason, but it, it sure helps put things in perspective that you're not only living for yourself anymore. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Kelsey, you said earlier, self-care was like a mystery before surgery. Absolutely. So it why... Was why why was that or can you think back to your life before surgery did you practice any form of self-care or it was just something that like that just culturally wasn't a thing for for you or yeah what what why was it a mystery so I guess I can go back to when I was younger um my mom she was a hard worker she worked she was a single mom she worked several jobs and so I saw her exert everything she had solely into caring for us, caring for the family, taking care of the home, 
Um, and I never saw her do anything for herself. It's as simple as getting a manicure or, you know, sitting down and watching a movie because she worked a lot. She was fully devoted to everything as far as like everyone else. So we didn't know that it was important to do things for yourself. It's important to love yourself first before you could actually give anything to anyone. So I didn't learn that as a child. I didn't learn that it was important to take care of you mentally, physically, all of that. Um, and so it was a mystery to me. Be and so as I moved on throughout my life, you know, I would pick up little things like, oh, I I'll get my nails done or, you know, I'll go shopping with a friend. But that's not really what self-care is. Self-care, it doesn't just deal with physical. It deals with mental. And for me, it's more so mental than physical. Um, I have to take care of my mind. My thoughts and my mind were, it was so clouded, as you said, like with food thoughts, like before the surgery, I didn't realize how much time I was like, when am I going to eat? When are we going to eat? I wonder what we're going to eat. I wonder how great it's going to be. That's how much time I spent thinking about food or what the next meal was going to be or using that food to help me get through whatever it was that I was going through. And so after the surgery, I had all this idle time because I can't eat because I can't spend that time fixing that hurt and that pain and that frustration with food. So it's like, okay, what do I do? And then all of those emotions and things that I had buried for years started coming up. Um, I've mentioned on my channel, I'm a, I'm a survivor of sexual assault um, as a child, as an adult, domestic violence, things of, those, of that nature. And I'm lucky that, you know, I was blessed with a sound mind, um, but food was definitely an aid in helping me through that. And so now that I don't have that, it's definitely allowed those, I can't put that lid on those feelings anymore. So not having, not knowing what self-care was, I didn't know how to deal with them. So I began, you know, researching and looking into different things that could help me better me mentally. And that's when I discovered exactly how important self-care was. So before that, it was a total mystery. <laughs> Sorry, that was a really long-winded answer. <laughs> It, that is, there were so many little enlightening moments there, but you are so, when you said that word idle time, I was like, oh my God, that is, that is the perfect word to describe that because before bariatric surgery, I don't think I had any idle time. And what I did, it was, I only got it because I was eating and I was zoning out because you're just going from one thing to the other, right? You're just constantly doing this, staying busy. And then, oh, okay, I, I've had enough. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose my, <laughs> gonna lose my ish here. So I'm gonna eat something and just zone out. Yep. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And then the whole, your, you know, the story about your mom, I would have never thought that, but yeah, when you are working so hard to provide for your family, there is, there literally is just no, no real foreseeable time for that unless you can do it mentally right unless you can find that time within yourself to to take that quiet moment but oh my gosh that would be so hard to do when you're trying to balance everything else yeah yeah I mean she dedicated a lot of her time to you know helping us taking care of us um and you know unless she was just doing it and didn't speak of it um we never really saw her take a minute for herself and um because the main, the main, I guess the main focus was survival. Wow. Unbelievable. But I mean, what a, I mean, 
what a woman of strength to to have done for you guys and your family absolutely wow well and that's kind of you get to that point where you know her her sole driving you know force was making sure that you guys were good and once you you guys were set and straight and she had all the work done out of the way for the day i'm sure it was all she could do to not just go collapse and 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 sleep it off for the next day because she got to get up and do it all over again the next day i mean that's those i had a my best friend growing up, his mom was the exact same way. So we watched her do do the same thing. And she, golly, I don't even, I don't even know if she's retired yet. She's still working and we're, we're grown now, but yeah, she, she <laughs> yeah, she was, she was a three job down. I think she may be down to two jobs now, but she was a three jobber. Uh, only had, I want to say she may had four hours off between jobs, like every night that she would, she would rock about four hours of sleep and get up the next day and do it all over again. She was a machine. Well, I told her, I was like, look, I'm a, I'm a grown giant person, a grown man. And I can't do what you do. Like I, I, I gave it all to her. I was like, look, uh, I don't know how you do it, but you, you do it. That's, that's, that's bravery right there. Wow. Wow. So how has self-care shifted for you, you now? So you, you've told us that it's really all about your, you know, your, your mental that mental care. And, and I think what really trips up self-care, maybe in the United States or the bariatric community is, is understanding that it's okay to take some time for yourself. But I think also that, you know, self-care doesn't necessarily involve spending money or going out to do things. Like there are plenty of things that we can do in the comfort of our own home as we're driving in a car that is, you know, taking that action to preserve or improve our own mental health. So what, what are kind of your go-to self-care items when you are especially busy, right? You're a wife, you're a mom, you're a professional, you're doing all the things. How are you finding the time to do it with all the things? All of the things, all of the things. <laughs> There's so many things. Um, I am a big, big, I'm an avid meditator. I meditate daily. I meditate throughout my day. Um, I definitely like to kind of like rein it in um, at my desk. I can do it in my car. I can do it at the dinner table. I can do it while cooking dinner. Um, it's really all about getting that clarity in my mind. Um, it's so important to me to just take a moment and just listen to my heart and listen to my mind, especially if I'm anxious or I'm upset about something, because now that I've had my surgery, those days come more often than not. There are days when I'm anxious and upset and sad, and it may have been triggered by a weigh-in or, you know, me not losing a pound or me not being able to um, eat something that I want to eat or that I remember eating or being around it. Like it, simple things like that can just throw me off. So meditation, you know, definitely um, taking some time to journal. Um, Journaling is a really big thing for me. Um, I've filled up, I think, 40 journals since the 5th of February. Um, I journal daily. I journal multiple times a day. Um, just being able to express myself and, you know, just talk positively to myself in whatever aspect that I can, that has been like the nucleus of the success of me getting, you know, my self-care in because you don't always have time to go and, you know, do whatever. So being able to do it in the moment, that's what, that's what's getting me through fully. And I, oh my God. So you just said something and my brain is like, why do you think you're experiencing more of that anxiety or those types of days after surgery? Have you done any thinking around that? Um, I definitely have to chalk it up to not being able to comfort myself with food. That's, I mean, I am, you know, and I, after the surgery, like, I think 
I didn't have any idea that there was a such thing as a food addict or that there was a, a such thing as a food addiction. I am a food addict. I had, a, I have, I still have an unhealthy relationship with food. Um, it, it had um, the effects on me like a drug would. Um, it was euphoric. It was um, comforting. It just, it gave me something that I was lacking in life. And so without that, you know, I don't have that ability to cope. And so they're just those days and those feelings and those waves just come in. I don't necessarily know why they come more often than not now, um, but I definitely chalk it up to not being able to kind of, I guess, self-soothe with food. <laughs> so I'm left with meditation and, you know, trying to work through those feelings that way. Well, when you said that, that was exactly what I thought. And it was literally like this light bulb moment for me. It's like, oh my gosh, after surgery, so many of us, we, at least for me, I'm like, I don't understand why I'm so emotional all of a sudden. Like, I don't, all of these things are bubbling up and I'm not used to naming an emotion or a feeling. Like I didn't think I had feelings before bariatric surgery, Yeah. right? And then all of a sudden you're like, why am I upset? Why am I crying? Why am I just like, eh? But yes. what you just said, right? It's because I had those feelings before, but they were so uncomfortable to me that I quickly put the lid on them with food so that I didn't have to deal with them. Yep. Yeah, you, and, had, you, had, you had feelings before. You had feelings pre-op. You just covered them with cheese. Absolutely. <laughs> cheese, like, cover them with cheese, put a little ranch on there. It's all good. Like, uh, all bad feelings, yeah, all bad feelings are gone. You can't tell you. They taste better now, so you just <laughs> from all down. Like, that's, that's how I got that. to digest. That's right. <laughs> triple meat, triple cheese makes it all better. That's, like, well, that's how that works. That is so... Jason, have you noticed the same thing in your personal life? Have you been feeling more emotional or just noticing more things? I, I kind of did in the beginning. I I just, I think I got to a point where I was so, I was just so happy to not be on the verge of death anymore that I I kind of chalked it all up to, hey, if this is, <laughs> if this is as bad as it gets, I'm good. Like, cause I, I, and I think it's a little different for, because when my doctor basically told me that she didn't think I was going to make it, you know, a couple of years, cause I told her, I was like, you know, if I don't, lose the weight on my own in a couple of years and she's like yeah, I don't think you got that long buddy I'm like oh shit like when you're faced with your own mortality a lot of the other stuff kind of goes out the window like you're you're able to you're able to work through a lot of that stuff more just because you're just happy to be here at that point um I've definitely had those feelings come up and things have happened where I've wanted to turn to food and I know I can't so I just find another outlet uh so for me you know, having my son back home and him being old enough now, like he and I, get, you know, get into conversations about stuff or we're looking at videos or we're doing stuff, you know, with each other now that, you know, I really wasn't able to do it when he was growing up because I was too worried about going off and eating something. But now that I, I can and can focus on the relationship more than anything else, I've put more time and effort into that. And those are things that kind of, it's, it's a way for me to, to healthily sidestep all the other stuff. So even if I'm having those times of thoughts or feelings, I don't have to worry about turning to food because I just divert my attention to something that that's means more to me than any of that. Yeah. Well, and, and I know too, that as things have come up, you have sought professional care, right? Yes. You, you haven't, you haven't shied away from that at all, right? You you've attempted to deal with it as best as you could. And when you realized you didn't have a tool, you went and sought one out. 
Yeah, when yeah. I was uh, when I was young, I that was never something that was stigmatized to me because I went through, you know, my parents divorced when I was nine. It was a huge thing to me. And my mom was real quick about getting me and my brother both in therapy. Like it wasn't a, like there was no stigma behind it around it anywhere. And get to the point where now, you know, I'm married to Sarah, who's a perfect, you know, her, her job is mental, her profession is mental health. So, you know, it's just, we've, I've always grown up with it. And now in my adult life, we've grown our kids up the same way. Like there's no stigma. There's no anything you need help. You ask for it, you go find it. We'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Well, and Kelsey, what I, what I really also appreciate about your self-care tools is that at the same time that it is self-care because you are taking a private moment to yourself. So even though, you know, kids and husband and all these other things are pressing or around you, physically around you, you're able to kind of, you know, mentally step away from that and just check out for a little bit and check in with yourself. And that power of having that conversation with yourself is again, something that's foreign to so many bariatric patients, learning to listen to what you yourself are saying helps build trust with ourselves. Cause I sure as hell didn't trust myself before bariatric surgery. And I'm just starting to figure that out now. And I'm two and a year, two and a half years post-op. <laughs> Absolutely. It's really important to be able to hone in on you to listen to you I've, I've really had to kind of like drown out everything else and just focus mm-hmm. on me and that's been so hard for me because I'm a giver I'm a doer I'm a server and I felt so guilty for so long for taking the time to listen to me and sometimes I just have to walk away you know I have to be okay give me a minute and I never would do that before I would just work through whatever it is <laughs> put my feelings on the back burner and everyone else came before me and I'm not able to do that anymore. I have to work through, you know, I have to take that time. Yeah. Yes. Well, and, and the, the other amazing thing about your self-care tools that are in your toolbox is at the same time that it's self-care, it's also mindset work, right? You are also really focusing on your mindset. So it's almost like a two for one deal in the best possible way right? It's my self-care. And it's, it's the number one thing that we all have to work on after bariatric surgery. This. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and telling ourselves that self-care is important. Self-care is self-love. Self-care is necessary and needed is maybe just the first step that we need to arrive at, right? If we, if we didn't grow up in a culture, if we didn't grow up in a family that self-care was, was important or prioritized or acknowledged, then that learning has to start with us. And just simply saying like, nope, self-care is important. I need to do this over and over and over again until we can carve out those little moments. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Everything you say, I agree. (laughs) Wow. So Kelsey, where would you recommend people start if if self-care was not a part of their culture growing up? How how can people begin their own self-care journey? Well, you definitely have to find what works for you. You know, meditation and, you know, that path may not be for you, but journaling, um, I do, I, I actually, I, I am in therapy. I go to therapy twice a week. I had, you know, there are certain issues that unfortunately um, meditation can't, you know, kind of touch and help with. So I had to speak with someone professionally. Um, finding a therapist that's right for you. Not every therapist is going to be the best for you. You have to find who fits you. You have to find who fits what you need. Um, definitely understanding what you need to be able to progress. And it may be talking to friends more. It may be sitting down and having a conversation with your um, your significant other, your family, whoever, so that you can get the support you need to be able to 
effectively navigate through your post-op life because it's important. Support is a big part of your success. And when it comes to self-care, you really have to find out what works for you. And that's just, that's the easiest way that I can put it. There's so many different ways to love yourself. You just have to find what works for you. And being, and being people pleasers, like we, most 90% of us were, you know, pre-op, it's very hard, like you said, to, to feel, you, you do feel selfish. Those are the feelings that you come up with. Uh, it's stuff that you got to fight through. And you may actually hear people say that, like, oh, well, you're being kind of selfish now. You used to be everything for everybody. And now you just care about yourself. Well, yeah, I mean, I kind of have to. And the fact that somebody would actually worry about you doing something better for yourself, that's a different conversation for a different day. You need to re- reevaluate kind of their place and what's going on with you. Because if you're only doing stuff to make yourself better or to make your, you know, we're, we did this so that we could live longer. And if somebody has a problem with you doing something to make you live longer, then they might not be in your corner. Like that may be something you got to, to reevaluate. But yeah. it, it is extremely hard for us being people pleasers because like I've said, you know, many times before, when we're at our heaviest, we're just lucky that we, we just think we're lucky to have people in our lives. We just think, oh, well, I'm just, anybody that wants to spend time with me, I'm going to do everything I can for them because I want to keep them around. Like, I don't want them to go away. Like, they're going to they're going to figure out that I'm, that I'm big and heavy and I don't deserve them, you know, to be friends. So they're going to run off if I don't do all this stuff. And, you know, you get to a point you realize you're like, no, it's more than just my weight. Like, they're, they're around because they're around. And if they're not around for the right reasons, then they're going to fade off into the background and that's not a bad thing nope I talk about that all the time I talk about how important it is to understand who fully supports your journey you if there are people who do not want you to progress who have a problem with you doing anything for yourself to make yourself happy you don't need them I mean and and I hate I mean I hate to say that and it's harsh and it's it's but it's the truth you 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 did this surgery for you and if they, if anybody in your life can't support you or get on board with you doing what's best for you, I'm sorry, you're going to have to go because I'm trying to get somewhere. And if you're not coming with me, I'm going to have to leave you where you are because I need someone that's going to be on my, on my side, who supports me, who knows where I'm going and who wants to see me healthy and happy. Who wants to see me live? Like who, who would have a problem with that? But there are people that do. And, and unfortunately, but to see you later, because I can't, I can't. And that's one thing about me. I've always been a people pleaser. I've always been a server, a giver. You know, I'll give you whatever really to keep you around because I didn't feel deserving of people's attention and time because I'm overweight. And I don't want them to like, as you say, oh God, you know, she's big, you know, let me run. And that's how I would buy people's attention and affection and love and things like that. And now I'm kind of just like, I'm a dope ass person. And if you don't see that, and if you're not with that, I, I can't help you. You're going to have to, I'm sorry. I love you. Nothing but peace and love and good vibes to you. I wish you well, but I've, I've got to go. Right. That's just where, and that's where I am now. And that I thank my tool for that. <laughs> I thank my tool for that. <laughs> oh, it's uh, it's one of the best tools. I think all three of us have ever received, right? Top 10, top, top three. <laughs> Man. Man. <laughs> best decision oh. ever. Oh, we, we are in agreement there. Kelsey, we always love to give our guests the floor at the end of our conversation. Is there anything that you felt left unsaid or is there any wisdom or nugget about self-care that you would like to pass along to our listeners and watchers? 
Um, I think that I would just like to leave with everyone, always remember your reason why. Um, along the way, I think we could kind of get sidetracked and we could kind of forget why we had our surgery. And I lost my why a little while back. And I was sitting and I was talking with a friend and he asked me, he said, well, why did you have the surgery? And I was like, uh-huh, you know. And I think it's important to remember that's your flame. That's your driving point. My reason why was for my life and it was for me. Continue to do things for you. Continue to do this for, you know, for your happiness, for your health, for your progression, and you'll never lose sight of your end goal. Thank you so very much for your time today. We know you are a very busy human, but we so, so appreciate just your, your, your honesty and your truthfulness and, and your humor, because we know this journey is hard, but if we're not laughing, mm -mm, it's not going to be good. <laughs> It's not going to be good. You got to laugh. You got to smile. You got to, you got to, got to rock out. You got to be great. Yep. Yep. Kelsey, where can people find you on, on the interwebs? Uh, they can find me on YouTube. Uh, simply put as Kelsey Danielle. Um, you go to my YouTube page and it'll have my link tree. You can find me on all of my other socials there as well. <laughs> and we will make, and we will make sure that, that we link all, uh, all of your information to in our show notes. So if, if you would like to, to, to follow Kelsey on her journey, just head to our anchor homepage and read those show notes or read your show notes in your podcast player app or on our YouTube channel. Uh, and you'll just link, link up to her right there. Is your, uh, is your Facebook community in there too? Oh my goodness. How did I forget about that? Yes, I do have a Facebook community page. It's called one bite at a time. Um, it's a wonderful, I, I like to say this, I got it from Dr. Phil. It's a safe place to talk about hard things. We get in there, we have a good time. It's so supportive. Please join us if you would like to. Um, I'm not with the drama, I'm not with the negativity. It's a really, really good place. I have some really good members who are supportive and are there for each other. I think you'll like it. Oh, well, we will become members. <laughs> you'll see us in there. Come on, Come on in. Right. Jason's always ahead of the curve on that kind of thing. Yep. My goodness. I, I, I've been a member for a minute now. Uh -huh. I appreciate that. I really do. Oh, yes, wonderful. Well, thank you again for, for joining us. Thank you for having me. I feel so special. <laughs> oh, you are special. You are very special, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. For all of our Berry Nation friends and family, thank you so much for tuning in again to another amazing podcast episode. If you are looking for extra layers of support, we highly encourage you to consider becoming a member of the Berry Nation community. We have partnered with over 15 experts, registered dietitians, bariatric therapists, certified personal trainers, all the people that really can provide us with the information and the support that we need to find lasting success. Uh, our community has live events, support groups, peer-to-peer -peer supports, patient support guides, dedicated chat areas. There's a lot there. Uh, so if you are just looking for that extra layer of support, just head to our website, www.berrynation.com to learn all about that community. And one of our favorite days of the week is Sunday. And that's because we shout out a member of our community. So if you would like to be featured on our shout out Sunday, it's open to any single person in the world who has had bariatric surgery. It's not a paid thing. It's not a promotional thing. It's literally just us celebrating you and your story. Uh, so head to the link of our Instagram bio or head to our website, berrynation.com and submit the simple Google form with a picture and we will get you scheduled and posted. Okay, I think I did it all. Jason, my friend, you want to take us out? I think you did. Kelsey, thank you again for your time. Uh, your 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 wisdom is is just a knowledge is just we appreciate it so much. We thank you. 
Uh, we appreciate all of our uh, friends, followers, and uh, Berry Nation family for liking, sharing, subscribing, continuing to spread the word about uh, what we've got going on over here. Because helping us at the end of the day helps you guys, and we love helping you guys. Uh, anything else we could do, please let us know. You can always like, share, continue to like, share, subscribe. You can also leave us ratings on your favorite podcast player. You can also leave us voice messages on the Anchor app, which we can then add into future episodes of the podcast. And we love hearing from you guys and doing that because it's just another way that you guys can become a part of the show. And we love it. So at the end of the day, past that, just remember that, uh, oh, on our YouTube channel, you can also leave us ratings and reviews there as well. Uh, we always appreciate those. Um, and that's also where you can find Kelsey. So while you're leaving us ratings and reviews, you can go check her. So that's awesome. Two for, it's a two for that. And uh, just remember at the end of the day, you've got this, we've got you, and we'll see you next time. Awesome. Thanks, Kelsey. Bye. Bye. Thank you, guys. <laughs>